Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here every week for the last six years. Uh, of course, this is not my primary job. I've been helping people here in Greater Victoria with their real estate needs since 1991. Over 30 years, I've handled hundreds of transactions here in our fair city. I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top uh, 100 producing agents in Western Canada for Remax. I'd be happy to help you as well, too. So if you've got any questions or want to talk about the real estate market here in Greater Victoria, reach out to me or the rest of the whole Home Show team members. You can find their contact information and mine by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. And don't forget, too, by the way, if you're a podcast listener, you can listen to our all six years and 300 episodes worth uh, by going to iTunes or Google, or where all fine podcasts are found, including in your car, which is the way we're doing things nowadays. I am very, um, I'm looking forward to this. I am thrilled to be introducing our guest for today. And you know, we normally start talking about uh, issues at hand or questions that you, our listeners, have at the start of our program, but I'm going to dive right into our guest today. Uh, we are chatting today with Ken Mariash. Ken is the uh, owner and principal of Focus Equities. You might be more familiar with him and what he's done here in Greater Victoria at the Bayview property. And for those of you who maybe are listening from out of town or you're new to town, this is just right across the street, right across the Johnson Street Bridge. For those of us born and raised here in Greater Victoria, it was a site that was empty forever until Ken came and turned it into what it is right now with future plans as well, which is why we're talking today. Um, Ken has been in the business for over 50 years. He's got degrees in mathematics, science, business, accounting, and architecture. And he has an MBA uh, for things like building construction, real estate development, and investing. Goes without saying, he's got a lot of experience in history in developments, uh, not just here in Greater Victoria, uh, but all over not only in Canada, but also in the States, you know, perhaps we'll chat about some of the things he and his wife, Patricia, have done over the years. But the reason why we are chatting today is because on January the 11th at the City of Victoria, there will be a public hearing about the final phases of Bayview Place. And what we'd like to do is we'd like to have a conversation with Ken about the development, what to expect, uh, what he's planning. And we'll also talk a little bit about the fact that there's been some resistance here as well, too. And uh, hopefully Ken can answer questions for you, our listeners. Uh, but in any event, uh, Ken Mariash, Ken, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm looking forward to, you know, providing as much information as we can. You know, we have a, a big presentation center here 
the doors are open, you know, almost every day of the week, and people can walk in whenever they want. So, you know, come on by and visit and have lunch or whatever you'd like. Uh, so, been an open invitation here for everybody for 25 years. I do want to say that I, I want to reiterate that can so the signs say Bayview place open whatever is 11 to 4 daily or it is true like you have a open door policy people can walk in and ask questions about the development right this is not just uh you know it's it's not just words it's uh it's the way you've operated over all this time yeah that's true uh that goes for all the projects where we are in the world uh we're just focused on just focused now in the last two or three decades on large master plan uh, communities, industrial parks, things like that. And so we can spend a lot of time on any one project because, uh, you know, we're limited in the number we can do. And we focus very hard on each and every one. And so uh, we almost have a, a home in every one of the communities we're, we're developing and including here. So. Great. Well, well, Ken, listen, before I, I want to talk about the history of Bayview, but before we do, for our listeners, uh, I have two disclosures to give you, uh, our listeners. Number one, uh, Ken, just to reconfirm, I do not work for you. I've never um, been employed by you or your firm. I haven't asked for a business. I have sold properties at Bayview, but uh, I am not an employee. I'm just somebody who's very interested in the community. Uh, number two, just in case uh, our listeners are wondering, I'm not not going to wait for you to hear this at the very end i do personally support a bayview place and what can has planned so i just want to get that out of the way uh for our listeners just to begin with um but ken can you give us give us the sort of backstory what brought you to victoria yeah um my family uh parents and siblings moved here on the 60s and uh so when I was in Vancouver studying architecture there, uh, I was commuting back and forth to see them as, as you expect, uh, stayed in touch with uh, with the family over the years and got pitched this project like everybody else. And like everybody else, we, we turned it down because, you know, it was called the wrong side of the bridge and very scary kind of place. And, uh, uh, basically, unless you were going to do something very substantial, it was very hard to overcome the character that was there. You know, the wrong side of the bridge stigma, homeless, and crime, and everything else. And so, uh, we we finally reluctantly kind of took a chance uh, to see if we could do something. I think one of the things that was really disappointing was it was represented as zone, which it was. And unfortunately, the zone was no good. So oh, oh, by, by the way, Ken, I we shouldn't I, I should just clarify. We're talking over 20 years ago, because I remember when the properties were on the market like in the like two thousand or two thousand and two. This is a long time ago now, right? Yeah, the province uh, developed it in the seventies late 60s, and they sold some property in the water. And for whatever reason, you know, short, wide, flat, whatever, you name it, all of those buildings did not succeed. So that attracted an awful lot of negative things. 
uh, it was a big area. Many, many old places to for people, you know, to hide out and live. And we had something like six or seven hundred homeless that had built up over that time period. So anyway, the, the main thing we've been doing, which is kind of a mystery for a lot of people, is we've been dealing with the zoning problems and the province uh, zoned in 1998, the first phase, which is 10 acres, and that was not usable. There was a tremendous amount of mistakes that made it impossible. The buildings didn't even fit on the property line. So we, we spent 10 years from late 90s to 2009 just to get that rezoned. And of course, we tried to go a change from short, wide uh, buildings you know, behind the ones that were already existing with no views to a more vertical solution. So we had quite a battle for 10 years for the two taller buildings. And finally, he succeeded with that 10 years later in 2009. So well, you can, we're just about to break for our first commercial here, but this is a really important point that uh, we're going to touch on when we come back from our break. And that's, that's the, because um, this is one of the things that's popped up recently is the high, is the um, narrow tall buildings as opposed to ones that are wider. And I think this is something that has come up with, um, with groups, specifically a group uh, that has, uh, has not been supportive of the development, but I want to cover that when we get to our first break, uh, after our break. So we're having a chat with Ken Mariash from Bayview Place and Focus Equities. I need to take our break here. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a chat today with Ken Maria. She's the principal of Focus Equities and Bayview Place. Again, Ken, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, I guess the biggest surprise for, for us in the late 90s was that the zoning wasn't usable. Mm. So we didn't think we were going to be walking into a 10-year zoning exercise day one that ultimately, you know, took 10 years till 2009. Can, can, I just, can I just say something? Something that I've learned over the years is this development site was far from a golden opportunity because there was a lot that you had to deal with to develop this site. It is, it was not a, uh, it was not a, a gift by any means, was it? You, you had a lot of hurdles to overcome. Yeah. You know, it was a big mess and I was advised by everybody on the planet not to do it. And I kept telling them that it was zoned and I'd be okay. And they said, well, when I'm talking about everybody, LA, New York, <laughs> it just said, don't do it. But, you know, I think over-ego and everything else made the big mistake of saying, I think I can get, you know, this thing done. It won't be any kind of a big win, but it'd be great to be able to uh, turn around the west side of town. You know, that's kind of what we do. And then there was another 10 acres. We had the same zoning problem. So we got sort of defeated day one because... The zoning was no good, and then the next zoning was no good. <laughs> so for somebody looking from the outside, it's a big mystery that 
how could so-called competent people not be able to build a project in 20 years? Yeah, but there's but there's other things too. Like for instance, it was it, it was the province and then CP Rail, right? Like there was a number of things that uh, hurdles that you had to jump over, right? No, absolutely. While we were trying to rezone first ten acres, phase one, we were doing the zoning with CPR on phase two. Now everybody thinks we ran that show. Well, we didn't own the property. That was CPR's land. And to some extent, things went the way they wanted. And to make matters worse, they were suing the city over the Blue Bridge, and then the city was suing <laughs> them because the buildings were falling down. And we were running around like crazy people trying to prop up the buildings and move all those vehicles that were attracting so many problems. So, you know, we weren't the most important group in the room. And finally, CBR said, we want to get off the island, take it or leave it. We're going to accept whatever we can get, and you can close or not. Now, we chose not to close, but when I ended up on the costs I got stuck with, I made the mistake of closing in 2008. So my $25 million quickly became $200. It's, uh, in some ways, you know, so, I guess, extreme. It would be hard to tell anybody the story. And I think they like the story that, you know, those problems don't matter. You should be able to develop something with or without the city. And that's not true. Like, the city's got rules. And whether, you know, zoning mistakes were made years ago on phase one or mistakes were made on phase two, they still have to abide by public hearings and, and do rezonings if you can't build the building. And so I would say not only one problem I'd never seen in my life before, which is expensive zoning in phase one that's not usable, but expensive zoning in phase two that's not usable. So I had never experienced it once, and this time I experienced it twice. So, you know, if that makes me a failure, I'm glad to admit it. Well, it's not for the faint of heart, and you know the the size and the scope of the development certainly beyond uh, what any local developer I, I think or feel would uh, would have been able to take on. Um, stepping back a little bit, I mean, for for our listeners, you'd be familiar with uh, Bayview. Of course, there are buildings in place already. That's what Ken has referred to a few times already as Phase One. Um, but now we're talking about the uh, next phase of the development, which, of course, is going to the city in front of the city on January the 11th. Now, it's going to be a public hearing. And some people have asked, I thought I thought that the provincial government has done away with public hearings. Well, folks, um, yes, that is true to some degree. And that is for properties that already uh, meet uh, or, or within the confines of the official community plan. Uh, but also for smaller developments, because, of course, the provincial government has wanted to sort of fast track development and whatnot. We're looking at something a little bit different here because, um, Ken, you've been, uh, I think forced might be the right word. You've been forced to revise the plan uh, to make this a viable site, a viable project, right? So let's talk about the next phase. Let's um, tell the listeners, uh, give a description about what they can expect to see. Yeah, I think the vision, uh, you know, moves from the existing buildings, which have been well received and 
have been the highest values on the island. Uh, so the next 10 acres was meant to be more commercial, uh, a little more dense and focus around the heritage buildings, which if it's done properly, those rail buildings will make a great marketplace. And we put in a special connection of the muse, right? Walk straight to the ocean and Lion Bay, which happens to be some land that we had given a long time ago to create that park. Uh, so from the turntable in the plaza and the roundhouse, you'll be able to go straight down to the ocean. And then the other thing we did to make it fun was we're making a site level, which is necessary to be able to move trains all over the place. So we have bought a bunch of heritage type uh, railway memorabilia, uh, different locomotives and boxcars and things like that, which will be available to artists and different craftspeople to use. We might allow one real estate agency to go in one of the boxes, but <laughs> they don't behave, we'll just hook up and take them away. But anyway, it's going to be sort of an operating uh, outdoor museum and then Hopefully, with any luck, the merchants will reflect some of that railway history, you know, into their restaurants and establishments. Um, we're going to make examples in different common areas that would encourage that. So, yes, this second phase was meant to be, uh, you know, kind of a village marketplace for this part of town and the project, which in total was supposed to have. Uh, I think over 3,000 units. We've since been cut back to 1,800. So it's very low utilization of the property now. And uh, when people are using the word density, when it's barely over three, it's kind of, kind of a weird thing to listen to. Uh, I don't think there's any city in North America that has less than three or four anywhere. So somebody's, uh, you know, from Hong Kong is, is calling that high density. you got to add a zero. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, listen, as as uh, as we approach our next break here, uh, for our listeners who maybe haven't been down to the site and haven't seen it, uh, or for those of you who are uh, out of town just listening right now, you know, Ken's talked about roundhouse and about uh, shop buildings and everything on the site. Um if you imagine, if you're in Vancouver, for instance, I think Yale Town, the roundhouse there is a great example of creating a sort of community uh, uh, area. And I, 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 you know, this is this is something that I that I think, and I've seen the drawings and plans. Um, you know, to have a sort of community market uh, in this neighborhood here is really going to be something special. Again, our guest today is Ken Maria. She's the principle of focus equities and bayview place uh need to take another break here uh ken hold your seat there we're going to pick up more discussion here back in a moment now the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate 
or for your real estate needs, give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And again, you can reach out to them or find their contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Or reach out to me. I love hearing from our loyal listeners every week. Be happy to introduce you to our team. We are having a conversation about Bayview Place today. That's that amazing development just across from the johnson street bridge song he's was of course developed and i remember because i was there sort of late 80s early 90s this is sort of the uh, crowning jewel of the neighborhood there and of course we have with us right now ken mariash uh ken again thanks for joining us today it's glad to be here um we were talking uh about phase two um and actually this is you merged what was going to be phase two and phase three. It's basically phase two. This is the end of it, right? Yeah, that wraps it up. And that was meant to be the, you know, the more urban uh, area, which I think worked out pretty good because it's further and further away from downtown. So mm -hmm. uh, you got your residential component from the hill directly into the downtown where services are there. And then if you want to go west, you'll have uh, restaurants and everything else if I want and a marketplace uh, in that direction. So mm. it's a very good location, uh, and it's uh, right across from the two-acre dog park we put in. So that's central to the two parcels, very well-focused and uh, up-coordinated to be one. Can I, can I ask you this, Ken, because this all started uh, early 2000s. When, when did you think that you'd be done and out of Bayview? Because here we are 20-something years later. Like, did you expect that it would take this long? No, I was encouraged that there was zoning in place. And so we probably should have done better homework to find out that all those mistakes were so severe. I had never seen mistakes where a measurement was off by 100%. Hmm. And that, you know, the way the zoning got wrapped up with the province and the city was they had towers and they squashed them down. And at the last minute, had a handshake and agreed that it's all fine. And they took, you know, 20 story buildings and made them into 10. Now, the problem with that is you got to redraw it because it's going to make very wide floor plates that won't fit. And so we discovered that when they did that abrupt change, all the drawings weren't changed, the models weren't changed. And it was almost like getting, you know, sort of fooled because you're looking at everything like as if it was thoroughly done because you've got models and you got drawings, except they're all wrong. <laughs> so, unfortunately, our 10-year expectation, you know, 98 became, you know, undeterminable because we had no zoning. And worse yet, we had to argue that it didn't work, which takes a while. And then on top of that, of course, the short wide building concept failed mm. along the water so we had no chance of making it work behind them and so unless we were going to do something where there was some buildings and some open space for some grass and some parks and things like that we weren't going to have a project that would be appealing and on top of that of course uh, the victoria market refused to come here because they knew about all the dilemmas. And I think in our first building, we didn't get any Victoria buyers. They all had to be people that saw the opportunity from no prejudice. 
you know, so if you were from Toronto, you'd go, well, that looks like it's going to be something. But if you were from here, you'd go, we don't go to the wrong side of the bridge. And so it was very, very tricky to break loose any, any kind of uh, activity to start. Yeah. You know, I was firmly convinced the market would work. Now, as far as your time goes, when we discovered that after three or four years that we couldn't move at all, that the zone was not usable, uh, then, you know, who knew how long that was going to take? Now, I would have expected you could rezone two or three years, but instead it was a total of 10 years. Huh. And then, worse yet, the CPR thing, uh, even though it was ahead of the, you can imagine that phase two was ahead of phase one, which made it even more kind of weird. Um, that ultimately took 25 years. Right. So, and by the way, CPR uh, for folks, that's the Canadian Pacific Railway. We sort of uh, mentioned that uh, a little bit earlier, one of those hurdles that uh, that you had to deal with. Yeah, I think the other thing that people often think about is the size of the site because um, people think that it's a small site kind of from what you see from the road, when in actuality, uh, overlaid with downtown Victoria, it's quite large, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same size as downtown from uh, Pandora all the way to the Empress. Yes. And if you look underneath that sort of footprint, there's probably 100 buildings under that size of footprint. And we're going to be a total of 12, but on mm -hmm. dock sites, 26. We're almost twice the size of them with half as many buildings. And somebody's saying 12 buildings is too many for 20 acres. Well, because on downtown terms, it'd be close to 40. Oh, interesting. interesting. And we're adding, you know, what people don't realize also is that our old zoning or the zoning from 2008 is only for the south half of the site. It doesn't have anything on the north. So the north half, is empty. So our zoning application is really to zone the north side with very few changes to the south side. Everything's exactly as approved. So people think that if they stop it, there will be no south side. Well, the south side's already zoned, yeah. but if they don't meet and they don't listen, um, they're not going to know that that is a fix. This is really about the other side. Okay. And having some buildings along the Squimal, some activity, some life, uh, and shops and things along the right-of-way on the north side of the, the right-of-way going to the downtown. So if somebody takes the time to look at it, they'll realize that the south side is already done and it won't change much. It hasn't changed much. So I think it's important for experts and really smart people to sit down and try to understand what, should, what this is applicable to. And it's applicable to vacant property. And that's where, you know, the city wanted something because, you know, as good urbanists, they see the necessity to have a squamal, have some life, some shops, because right now, you know, it's a 100-kilometer freeway. And getting some action on the north side of the property, pull people in and advertise uh, and, and make something that looks attractive along, you know, the south side of the spinal is very important. And that's what this includes. And over and above that includes 
many, many things for the city, not for us. You know, it's affordable, uh, one tower for affordable housing, another one for rental, which is very critical now. And then we're doing one tiny building uh, at the entry because the roundhouse, most people don't realize, is submerged. It's 20 feet under grade. So from an architectural point of view, we were trying to mark it and kind of notify people that it existed. Because right now, getting it the way it is, you can't see it. From the road, it's tough. Yeah. Well, so listen, need to take our last break for the day Ken. i hate to cut you off there but there's so much to discuss we're having a conversation with ken mariash he's the principal of focus equities and bayview place we're talking about bayview folks uh, it is going to public hearing on january the 11th if you are an interested uh, if you're interested a community-minded person look it up do some research and then head down to the city and have your say need to take a break we'll be back in just a moment this is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today with Ken Mariash. He is the principal of Focus Equities and Bayview Place. Having a conversation because of the fact that the second phase of the development, uh, which has been there for some time now, the second phase is going to be discussed at a upcoming public hearing at the city of victoria on january the 11th and there's a lot of information to know about folks i do want to say as as we said just before the break here um if you're curious you're interested if you're community-minded individual um do your research everything's online you can look up i have done all mine uh to teach myself you know prior to uh, ken coming on here about what is going on what's happening in the site there um you know and there i get it there are some people who are not supporters as well too this is common this happens in in any sort of situation um but it is a public hearing so it enables people to actually go and have their say if you're a resident of victoria and if you're a supporter pop on down and give your support um you know it's it's something that is still uh is still required uh even though some of you may have heard that public hearings no longer exist that, that the provincial government has basically said that is only really for properties that already fit within the official community plan and for smaller scale developments this is not a small scale development this is a big one uh and as i said at the very beginning as well too my two disclosures for you our listeners number one I do not work for myself, Tony Joe, Remax Island Properties. I don't work for Focus Equities or Bayview Place. Uh, I have not been employed by Ken. I, too, am somebody who is very interested in the community, community-minded person, wanting to know more about what's going on. Uh, and secondly, I do support this, just to let you know. Whether you do or not, that's up to you. Um, but I just want to make it clear, uh, I've been a supporter of the development here. Um, Ken, again, thank you very much uh for joining us today it's been uh it's been great we could talk for a lot more because you've got 20 25 years worth of history here in victoria unfortunately we're limited with time today but uh oh by the way before i begin ken the one thing i do want to thank you for is i happen to notice that when it comes to big things in the community uh like the hockey um event coming up at uh, the end of january numerous uh golf uh um events uh it seems like bayview and you have been huge community supporters and uh and, and thank you for that because i have the suspicion that you're probably the first person that most organizations call when they're looking for support yeah well that's the case uh we operate like that in all the cities we're in and uh you know we'll never make money here uh 
and it doesn't it doesn't stop us from contributing because we are here can't make money and everything unfortunately some people have accused us of buying people that's expressed in public so i don't know how that works if uh, we're getting nothing for it <laughs> we're sure terrible at time and so yeah i don't know we're happy to be able to do all those things that's that's the fun of what we do you know whether it's helping the, the mental children's mental hospital or any of those type of things uh it's a very rewarding thing uh you know, we build out splash and build out the uh symphony splash yeah uh, the yeah. golf stop tournament and uh we're doing that also in other cities like Winnipeg and Calgary, and Montana and LA and other cities we're in. So, uh, you know, I just uh, feel badly that some people think that somehow we have some other kind of strategy doing that. That's just automatic and we're never going to make money here, but we're never going to stop donating. So that's just our thing. And putting lunch every day, anybody can come in here and have lunch if they want every day. So. Yeah. Don't as, as, as I said at the beginning, uh, for our listeners here, that is an open, that's an open invitation. If you're curious about Bayview, pop it in. You'll see, you see the signs there and, um, you don't need an appointment, just pop in and visit, right, Ken? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the world's been good to us, you know, boy, past retirement age and enjoying this good or bad or indifferent. It's what, what we're trained for. And we're going to go till we don't have anything left. <laughs> So, you know, it's enjoyable in all, in all respects. And yeah. doing these events is especially enjoyable because you get with the community and the people and visitors. Uh, we, we hosted the 55-plus uh, Olympic people. I think it was 4,500 of them from across the province in September. And some people say it was the best party for 3,000 people that they ever been to. So... Yeah. That's kind of fun to see and fun to watch. Amazing. Well, and I've been to events, you know, where you supported the arts, the, um, uh, you know, so so many things here in Greater Victoria. So again, uh, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thank you for for your your community support. Community stewardship really is what it is. Um, getting back to the development. So uh, again, we're talking about January the 11th. One of the things that seems to be a bone of contention is the fact that the that the design has changed. You've mentioned a few times already about wider footprints in shorter buildings. Uh, you've revised the plans so that they are taller, um, skinnier. Uh, there have been there's a group out there that has um, uh, circulated uh, sort of schematic showing that your site's going to end up being basically a jungle of high rises. Um, but there's a reason that you've adju you've adjusted the plan right well, um i mean one of the things that uh, i've read about is sight lines i mean that is very important having sight lines um to maximize the the uh, attributes of the uh, uh the neighborhood there the other thing though too and i get it is the site needs to be financially viable as well too right well it's not just for our purposes uh certainly maybe a little more density will get us a little bit more of our money back but it you know, it's not a winner's type site. Uh, the biggest complaint we had on density was the merchants that we wanted through the market refused to sign with such a low density, especially no buildings on the north side of the rail. And for them to be out there naked with no parking, there's no people to the north. 
They want more people. Yeah, there's none to the West, and fish don't buy groceries, so there's basically no way. It's a one-sided market, and and people can go to work downtown, so it's, it's less than a one-sided market. It's probably half of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see the same problems happening over at Ceylon, lots of empty space, and even if those folks can fill it up, they're not getting any kind of decent rents or very good tenants anymore. So that's an indication itself that you don't want to do something stupid and and battle, you know, the, the merchants. And if the merchants won't go there, what kind of a roundhouse are they going to have? Mm-hmm. You know, in Toronto, they didn't put buildings beside the roundhouse and they got Leon's furniture. And in Vancouver, they never put buildings and they got a basketball court. You know, I don't know what heritage is into that. And over and above that, you know, there's 150 roundhouses in North America. And so far, none have been successful, mostly because people don't understand the scale of locomotives and the scale of those buildings. And some people say, well, you're going to, you know, overwhelm them with a tower. Well, that will never happen. That that roundhouse is sitting on three acres and the buildings are sitting on 15,000 feet. There's just no way you want them to touch and you want the action and you want to bring life into those gigantic spaces. You know, they were built and they were designed for 500,000 pound locomotives, not people. So 150 times people have been fooled by that. And for whatever reason, those people that make those statements have never visited any of the 150 failures. And they don't have one that they know of that, that made it. So show me one where, you know, you put the buildings a long ways away from the building of the heritage that work. There is no such thing. So, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to sit and, and do all that research and know what it says and have been to all those places. And somebody's telling us otherwise, we don't even know there's 150 of those things. Well, one thing that I want to make sure that we cover here in our remaining time together, uh, Ken, is the affordable housing component. Because one of the things that Bayview is doing is they're donating sizable piece of property uh, for um, affordable housing. Uh, that in 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 addition to rental units as well, too. So um, let's talk about that. The Greater Victoria Housing uh, uh, um, component there. There's going to be 180 units there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, <clears throat> there's more to that than meets the eye. You know, we've been accused of trying to leverage that for a bad project. It's not anywhere close to the truth. You know, we're charity people anyway. And if we made any money, we'd be giving the money away. And that's what we do. A lot of what people don't know is that it costs over a billion a month to sit with this project and there's a lot of good economics in trying to get a, a year cut off of your time by trading that for affordable housing and so if the money's being wasted anyway maybe if you give away a site you know save a year and the money at least goes for something like if people realize that it takes a million and a half dollars a month to keep a project like this going if they think that's not true, they can come over here and look at the books. But carrying a site this size is really, really expensive. So we thought that, you know, 
rather than have all that money go to waste, we would get maybe some uh, help moving it quicker, seeing we've been in the queue for 25 years. Instead, it backfired on us and everybody looked at it and didn't believe it. So they took an extra year looking at it and then they cut 800 units out because they thought it must be making a lot of money. So it, it didn't work out very well. So things happen, you know, uh, we haven't had good luck on this. We're just doing what we can do and, and we've got to deal with however, you know, the market reacts and, and that's where we're at and we understand that. We were trying not only to give the community something wholeheartedly, we were trying not to waste all that money like if you take the 200 million has been wasted already, we could build two or three buildings for free and that money's not recoverable. Well, Ken, listen, it's been my pleasure spending time with you today. I hope our listeners learn more about Bayview. And uh, of course, folks, again, do your research, go online, read up all about it. If you're around, you're in your citizen or a um, resident of the city of Victoria, pop down January the 11th uh, to the public hearing. Uh, offer your support. Let people know about how you feel about Bayview. Ken, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, good to be here. You've been working. Just so the audience knows, we could never afford you anyway, so. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Uh, listen, and to our, the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.